IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting! I don't know the answer to that, uh, but I think yeah. I mean, I to get himself it. back in the in the zeitgeist, right? Yeah. Like in the conversation, got to say something absolutely inflammatory. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But does he actually believe it? I think he might. Well, that's the weird part. He makes it really hard to be a fan lately. I got to tell you, it's true. But it is nice to know sometimes that there is division, even within groups of people. Sure. Where you sure. know, like a black person could think yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, that's uh, well. Right. For example, like the apparently, you know, people are up in arms about the 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 Eskimos. Eskimos have got to change their name, in right? But apparently, that there there are many Inuit people who are like, I don't care, like whatever. Uh, well, so yeah, yeah. I know there there is. I mean, with the outrage culture and stuff, which I think is warranted a lot of the time. I think um, a lot of what I see is is white males. Um, standing up for other groups that maybe don't even right. care or need right, that kind right. of attention. Well, I think that is um, okay. <clears throat> this is not politicast, AB filmcast, politicast, but but I think the left in general has a real problem with spending way too much time on stuff that doesn't matter. Right. Like like get your act together and fight the actual problems. Don't spend a bunch of time on stuff that doesn't matter. And, and maybe it's maybe it's because. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people on the left, and, and and I count myself as part of this group, are still kind of waking up to a lot of this stuff, right? Right, and maybe yeah. not necessarily recognizing uh, when an issue is, you know, means something to a group of people or not. Sure, yeah, yeah, I'm not That's sure. True. Yeah. Plus, you know, slacktivism is great. I can, you know, I can sit on my in my house in my underwear and bitch about something. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, and not to mention that I think I think if if there's anything that I wish more people would realize, like my mom especially, <laughs> is that there are a lot of people out there just trying to stir shit up. Oh, totally, yes. And we call like them- Like the flat earthers. We call them trolls. Right. Yeah, I mean, presumably yeah. most of them are just trolls. I, I think I think Trump was elected by trolls, at least in part, because that would be funny. There are people out there doing it for the lols, right? 4chan exists yeah. because they just want to mess with people. And so- you have to remember that that is like they and they want to create confusion and they want it. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, I, I, yeah, it's, it makes me somewhat optimistic as well, actually that it's like, okay, well maybe there's not as much hatred and anger in the world as I think. I, maybe I would some of it that. is yeah. just trying to get clicks or trying to get lulls or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that for sure. I hope I'm right. I hope you are too. <laughs> I hope you are too. Because the world some of is it's a just sadder like, place than it, I... The, the reality is it makes a lot more sense if it's trolls. Right, right, yeah. Right. I'm right. not saying Trump was entirely <laughs> no, elected no, of by course trolls, not, but I think but, there was a chunk yeah. that uh, that it would... like Because how crazy would it be if... Totally. I mean, it's it's a little bit like if the... Uh, like, we're going to cover everything, and I'm talking yeah, let's sports. Go, let's go. Uh, if, the, if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup championship, 
That's the hockey chat. That's just a great story, right? Of course. Like, of course, if the Caps won, it would be like, oh, yeah, you know, business. Well, actually, they've never won either. So it's not the point. Yeah. They're an established but, but, team. But yeah, yeah. If it's, if, but the first year, first team, be amazing. Like, people yeah. want a great That's story. History. Yeah, of course. Even of the course. 4chan people just want great stories. They want stories. a great story. They want, yeah. yeah, they want to overcome the odds. <laughs> and Donald Trump was the underdog. Yeah, and it's course, like, wouldn't yeah. it be It would be crazy, crazy if a reality TV show star was the president. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> I'm Scott Westby. I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we tell you about uh, how we feel about Trump. No, I'm just <laughs> That's kidding. That's what you come here for, right? Yeah, for sure. Everyone cares what, what I think. I know. Yeah. Um, um, but more specifically, we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. How yeah, you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about the reception of our Dean Bennett episode. Yes, of um, course. Well, I mean, people liked it. That conversation was yeah, incredible. It was great. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And uh and off they go, you know, jumping the gun a little bit about what's shooting, but they're on, I guess, day three of production as we record this. So very cool. <sighs> Season twelve, day three. Pretty amazing. I, can you imagine just just like gripping on that show for for that long? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I I I think that what's attractive about the film industry to some people is, oh, I'm not gonna be doing the same thing for 12 years right. of my life. So well, it's, the, it's a gig economy, right? Yeah, like, for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, but even before, right? Sure. Even in the 90s, it was, it was you know, oh, I'm working on uh, North of 60 and now right. I'm working on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and right. now I yeah, get two yeah, months yeah. off and, and yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I, I don't know how many people are original. I would I, love that would to be interesting see, to yeah. Know. yeah who's yeah. like, and not necessarily like, like a Dean Bennett who's, yeah, he's been around the whole time and he's yeah. like directing, producing. Right, right. Someone who's like, like on set every, every day, day yeah. for 12 yeah. years. Other than the actors, I guess, although they're not there every day either. Right. Um, Tom and Jordy, my old bosses, yeah, yeah, have been maybe. involved for sure. But yeah. other than, but yeah. It'd be great are, to know. Yeah. Hey, if you've been yeah. on set on Heartland for the entire time, let us know when we get you on yeah. the podcast. Um, yeah, but I, I also think the other attractive thing is like the, you know, Feast and Famine where it's like if you if you have this job from, you know, June to December this year or whatever, then you get like the next four months off, right? right, and right. So it's like you work yeah. your ass off, but then you really get some time to recharge yeah, well, it's interesting for people who are like, well, I don't want to take the break. I don't want that long a break. I'm jumping on a new show, and then it overlaps with the next show, and then you're, you know, what are you doing after yeah. that? So that's the nature of this business, though. For sure. Uh, well, not a ton of uh, big industry news. I know Canon uh, has officially stopped selling the last film camera. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've discontinued their final, I think it was like an SLR model. Oh. So that's it. Oh, uh, like uh, still camera even? Stills, yeah. Wow. And uh, it was... Um, I just read this in the news, I, so I, I don't have the full details, but they were just kind of off-selling like the rest that they had in stock. They weren't manufacturing any, and uh, they're they're out now. So oh, I see. Wow, it's, it's kind of the death of of film from Canada. From Canada. crazy, crazy. Yeah, huh. big big week for that for sure. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, let's get right into this interview then. All right, so this is a conversation with Daniel and Charlene from the Edmonton Short Film Festival, and uh, the really kinda, cool conversation. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk yeah. about it afterwards for but sure. Yeah. All right. Here it is. This is weird because I'm in Edmonton, but we're still doing this on Skype. Because um, Scott, but I'm, I'm in Calgary. Yeah. Stinky old Calgary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, nice today. It's not stinky. <laughs> um, and uh, our guests today are the uh, the wonderful uh, organizers, creators, founders of the Edmonton Short Film Festival. Is that correct? That would be. We are technically the directors of the Edmonton Short Film Festival. Edmonton Short Film Festival. Okay, cool. And and give us your names and, and a little background about each of you. 
I'm Charlene Malang, and I am a producer and actor up here in uh, in the fine city of Edmonton. And we set up uh, the Edmonton Short Film Festival back in 2013, mostly because we are short film film producers, and we saw a lack of availability to have our short films screened uh, locally. We had them screened other places, but it was really hard to have them screened locally. So we said, well, hey, why don't we talk to other filmmakers and see what they say? And everybody was on board. So we said, let's do a, a one day, one time short film festival. And there it was born. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, my name is Daniel Foreman. I'm a writer director. I've been making movies since probably 2002. Uh, they didn't start getting good till about 2012. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, anyways. Um, we I, again, like we, uh, there, there's a lot of politics involved with uh, screening films locally. It's much like I'm a musician as well, and I, I found the same problem with trying to get into things like the Edmonton Folk Fest. It's a lot easier. Um, or it looks better when you grab somebody from out of town rather than locally, however unfortunate that is. So we, we decided to start the festival and we figured that there was going to be other people in Edmonton and Alberta that were having the same issues as us uh, as far as getting screened. And we were, we were pretty correct on that. And it, it just kind of snowballed. Started off very, very small. Um, we did everything on the cheap. I think the first year cost us $800. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we had a bunch of fortuitous circumstances. We had the Edmonton film commissioner show up on the first year. We had the Alberta film commissioner show up and they were both very, very, uh, supportive of us moving forward. And, and they helped us quite a bit for the second year where we became a nonprofit and, you know, things, it, it's a process to get there. And, you know, we're in our sixth year and we're still working on things. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun doing it and we're helping elevate other independent Alberta filmmakers. So that's our main, that's our goal doing this. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. It was, it was um, interesting. People were encouraging us to go international because you make more money as an international festival with uh, submissions, but we, we really want to keep our focus on the Alberta filmmaker. That's, that's our passion is to raise Alberta film. Awesome. Um, so why don't, before we jump too much more into, into the film festival, I just want to know more about the two of you. Um, so can you tell us more about, you know, what, how did you get started in film or acting and, and what, what, you know, uh, what makes you want to do this? My, my background is actually in theater. And uh, when I was at Concordia university, uh, there was a play that was, uh, that they were looking for cast. So I auditioned. Uh, the director of this particular play uh, was Gilbert Allen. Uh, Gil is, has had a long history with, uh, with a lot of film and theater in Edmonton. And when I auditioned, he, it was for an all-female cast. And Gil said, hmm, it might be interesting to have a, a more mature student as part of the cast. And so I got a role in that. And so Gil and I worked together there and we worked on a couple of other uh, theater productions. And then he said to me, 
you know, I have a friend who is shooting a web series. I think you should audition. And I tossed my hair and I said, ah, Gil, I'm a stage actress. I'm not a film. And he said, no, 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 you should really try this. And so I auditioned for Ben Babshishan, who was doing his web series. And I got a role. And I tell you, being on set on film was another great thrill. And so then I dove in with both feet. Uh, Dan was on the crew and we hit it off um, and uh, started working together on his projects. And then he said, you know what? You're a producer. And I said, no, no, I'm an actor. And he says, no, no, you are a producer. <laughs> and so now now I, I, I stand in both areas. I'm doing more producing, but I'm still still getting uh, occasional roles where I can follow my passion. I feel like that's how most producers start as they're told they're producers by someone else. <laughs> I feel like that's a common thing. I'm a director. I kind of tell people what to do. So. Right. <laughs> In a very nice way. Yeah. So I have uh, a little bit of my background is uh, I started off, I've been a musician well almost my entire life. And I kind of got into making music videos way back in the 90s where I played with a band called Centrifuge and we were fairly big in Edmonton. We you know we traveled across Western Canada. We went down to the whiskey. You can actually find uh, a video of ours that I paid big bucks for when we did play at the whiskey in LA. Uh, that's kind of my claim to fame. Cool. And uh, cool. I, I kind of got, yeah, it is kind of cool. Not a lot of people get a chance to, uh, to play in a legendary yeah. place like that and, and video record it. Because that that was fairly new technology, and they had a, I think they had an eight camera system, so it's a pretty wow. good little video. Um, so I kind of got the the bug after that to start making my own videos with the singer who had took the radio, television, and arts program at Nate, and we collaborated on a couple projects for for different bands that we had, and then I. Uh, took a design course, e-media and design course, and part of the component was video. And that's really when my love of it kind of took off. And that was way back in 2002. And I did little projects in between. And I got into film in 2007, FAVA, uh, which is a big co-op here in town. It's an excellent community-run organization. Uh, they had their very last 16 millimeter film class, which ran eight months. So I, I was immersed in film and I was taught by uh, two excellent teachers, Aaron Munson and Rick Gustafson, who are just pillars in the Edmonton film community. And I learned a ton from them. And I, I actually uh, did my editing on uh, the old reel to reels there where you have to, you know, you literally cut and you tape and if you make a mistake, you're you're in big trouble. So you, you wow. really have to, yeah, That's you cool. really have to. Uh, it, it it's it's neat. It, it takes way longer than nonlinear editing, okay. way longer. Especially when you got your sound effects on one reel, you got your music on one, you got your dialogue on one, you got your picture, and trying to sync all that. I think that's where I'm not the best editor in the world, but I really I kind of learned my craft. Taking but it's that tactile too, though, right? Like you really it, feel. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Absolutely. That that tape on your fingers when you do the edit points, you you start to really it's it's very organic compared to sitting in front of a computer. Right. I, I, I wish that every 
person who got into film could experience that. Uh, most of the people in my class actually pooped out after that. They were like, man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I want to do this. But I, I looked at it as a challenge and uh, went from there. I made you know, a documentary. I did some other things. And then in 2012, I was working with uh, West Doyle and Ben, ba- ben Babshishin on a web series, uh, Mother Times of, no, what is it? Father Times of Bastard. And mother nature is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And it was about, Ben was turning 50. Um, He's been a filmmaker for a long time. And he wanted to kind of celebrate the fact he was turning 50 and then interview a bunch of people in his age group that were turning 50 and how they were, you know, accepting it and how they're dealing with it. Interesting. Yeah, it was a great concept. We, We, I was, I think we did eight weekends and my, because I did a volunteer, and my idea was to tr- uh, shadow Wes Doyle, who was one of my heroes as a cinematographer for many, many years. Yeah, one of the greats in Alberta for sure. Yeah, and that that, that was my that was I said I, I will do this for eight weekends, but uh, I'm I'm going to be Wes's right hand man and learn from him. And we did, and we actually became very good friends after that, which was pretty big bonus. Nice. And that's where I met. Yeah, and that's where I met Charlene. And uh, I took Faba's, uh, they have an intermediate film course called Main Course. Yeah. And that's, that was where my next level of filmmaking started and where I stopped. I, I started really working on dialogue and auditioning actors and rehearsing with them. Improvisation. I'm really big on improvising with, with actors. Um, I find getting stage actors in particular, they're really good at rehearsing. They understand that they have to rehearse and they're really good at improvising. So that that's one of the things I, I, I suggest that strongly to other filmmakers too, is to, to work with stage actors because they, they have a little different viewpoint than, than film actors, which I think is, is beneficial. It's a lot easier to teach a stage actor how to uh, respond to the camera and how to tone down their actions to be in front of the camera, um, then then we have found with uh, some people who have only done film to try and get them to rehearse an entire scene. <laughs> right, <laughs> and everyone's different, you know. That yeah, that's course, just yes. where, where where we're at at the moment. I I, I think it's uh, it's a good thing to to have both if you can, but stage actors definitely bring something different to the table, which which we really like. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and we we've been making movies. We got um, some money from Telus uh, Optic. We just did a live action animation series last year, five episodes. RavenAdventures.ca or LegendaryMyths.com, uh, which talk about uh, some different myths from the West Coast. These these are adapted for movies, uh, where we have educational component too, where we're teaching about the culture. Nice and. Nice. Yeah, so please please check it out. It's on Facebook. It's on the web. Um, it's on Telesoptic as well. Very and cool. we're, we just did a, a 360 movie, actually. We've been, uh, Dylan Pierce here is a fairly successful uh, commercial film director. He's been pushing us to do a 360 VR movie for probably five years. <laughs> as he pushes everybody. <laughs> yes, that's his thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we tried our first one this, this spring. Oh, cool. How did it go? Well, I, you know, everything starts with a script. 
I, I spent quite a bit of time on the script and it was, it was pretty solid. I thought, um, the, the big challenge with doing 360 and VR is because the camera catches everything. You, you can't have lights, you can't have crew, you can't have a director, you can't have a sound man in the shot. Yeah. So you're, you're really relying on your ears and because of the amount of information coming out of that camera, it, it's delayed on the monitor. So you can't even see it real time on the oh, monitor. Interesting. It's almost like shooting on film. You hide and you listen and then you act, you ask your actors how things go. Right. All right. Nice. Which is, I think one of the reasons why most VR currently is like video games. It's animation. Yeah. Because it's completely controlled. Beautiful right. landscapes. Yeah, beautiful landscapes with the voiceover, you know. Right. Uh, so we're, we're doing something a little unique. And, and, you know, if you've got good actors and you got a good crew and good location and everything else, you know, hopefully it works out. So we're, we're just in the midst of post-production on this right now, uh, running into some few technical issues, um, simply because the amount of data is staggering. But it, it's, uh, it's a good learning experience. and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and everybody is learning. Like uh, we we were working with Full Circle Visuals, who have been doing uh, 360 and VR uh, for since 2010. Yeah, since 2010. Wow. So, but even they were learning because we were doing a narrative. A narrative right. is so different from anything else they've ever shot. But I, we, we we think that they're now hooked too. They want to they want to do one of their own. Yeah, I bet that's great. Everything, everything starts with story. You have a good story, um, you can do everything. Agreed, completely. Dan, what about, uh, you recently received an award I wanted to make sure you mentioned. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so the Gil Cardinal uh, Legacy Fund, uh, Gil Cardinal was a fairly influential Métis filmmaker from Alberta, and he passed a couple of years ago. Yeah. And one of the things that he did in conjunction, I, I believe it's with Appian now, um, it was with Fava for a little bit, is giving uh, a $2,500 uh, kind of support grant to an emerging Métis filmmaker. And, and you received we, and you received I, we, Yeah, I received this uh, this year. Uh, we're working on a trailer for a feature that, that I've been writing and that we've been working on for the last few years called The Horned Serpent, which is, um, there's, there's a, a serial murderer too in, in actuality in Edmonton that's been hunting Aboriginal women for about 20 years. Really? Yeah. And they're really good. Uh, they, by the time they find the bodies, they're decomposed. They're in, in crown land. Wow. They've been out there for years and there's absolutely no forensic evidence. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really bad, but um, ho what we're hoping with this movie is we can shed some light on this. I got a pretty good character sketch of the of the killer, and the RCMP actually just put one out about six months ago. Um, you know, just ho hoping that someone would, see, you know, see this guy. He's a a young fella. He lives on his own. Uh, so he doesn't live on his own. He lives with his mother. He drives an immaculate vehicle. He's always cleaning it. He's like extremely OCD. Right. And every time he has a fight with his mom, he goes and he murders a woman. Hmm. Um, wait, wait, is so, this what, is this a documentary or is this no, your no, spin on the story? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm giving you just, just part of the character sketch okay, okay, of, okay. of the actual killer. Gotcha. Um, this is taking some of this reality, but making it into uh, a dramatic feature. Okay. 
so people will actually watch it. I right. I am kind and of a entertaining. I'm a yeah. I'm a, a sort of a secret huge true true crime fan, so that sounds very interesting to me. Yeah, so keep keep uh, we're gonna have the trailer done. It'll be screening at the film festival in October. Um, uh, the trailer will be screening okay. uh, at the film festival in October, and then we're we're working on some funding through Features First, which I believe you guys have accessed before. Is that yeah, correct? And we're look, looking at Telefilm. Telefilm actually has just created an indigenous um, film office. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, it was about two two months ago. So there, there, there is a big push now for uh, indigenous content. Yeah, yeah. And through APTN as well. So there, there's there's a big opportunity for us. Um, we have a Treaty Six production company. You need to have fifty one percent ownership by uh, self declared Aboriginal which happens to be me in this case. And that opens up uh, quite a few doors. Cool. Yeah. So if anybody out there is, uh, got a concept or they're looking for things, I mean, by all means, they can contact us at, uh, treaty six prod at gmail.com. Excellent. Yes. So tell us, uh, let's, let's jump more into the, into the festival now. Um, and tell us like if, if you're a film, if you're a filmmaker and you're, uh, firstly, who's eligible? Any any filmmaker who lives in Alberta is eligible. Okay, cool. Well, so lived in Alberta when they were creating the film. Okay. Yes, okay. because we don't have a time limit on the film. It can be if you want to give us something from the seventies. Cool. Or right, right now, cool. yeah, you, you can as long as it's under fifteen minutes. And we don't accept any pornography. We did actually have one pornographic film. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but submitted we, we or showed. Yeah, submitted. We okay. we didn't specify at that time. We we kind of assumed that yeah. people yeah. would not submit <laughs> pornography, but somebody right, did. of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good film, but it was, we weren't going to we weren't going to screen it. <laughs> I think we watched it carefully a few times. <laughs> of course, just to make sure it was actually porn. Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so can't be porn. You can, but you have to have lived in or or live in Alberta at the time of the the creation of the film. Film, yes, and it and could be from any, any time, any genre, any genre. Uh, including music videos, trailers, commercials, um, web series, you name it. Awesome, and this documentary. This year, uh, we are putting on a, uh, a new event that we're really excited about. Uh, and again, this is partly because of Story Hive's push uh, to do 360. They had that special uh, edition yeah. to do 360. And partly because we have a passion for it. We have this really cool opportunity to screen 360 video in a dome theater at the TELUS World of Science. That is super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they've just re... It'll be... The new theater will be opening in June, July. End of, end of June, early July. They have a 10K projection system. Whoa. And 17.1 sound. It, it's the best in the world uh, at the moment. That's incredible. So we've been... Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And it's one of those fantastic synchronicity things that's happening. We've been talking with Frank Florian, who's been down... At Telus World of Science for many many years. I used to go watch the Laser Light shows down there. Yeah, uh, Pink Floyd and Led right. Zeppelin and stuff. And 
combined with him and full circle visuals, they're, they're going to be creating video content to screen there. And we thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity for us to, uh, you know, screen films as part of our festival yeah. in this thing rather, yeah. rather than headsets. Um, we're in contact with Sundance quite a bit. I was in a, a course. Well, it's not a course it's more of a, workshop i guess it's the aboriginal filmmaker fellowship in whistler and i happened to meet uh, adam Pieron, who is the head of the shorts programming at sundance there he was one of our mentors and i contacted him about screening 360 in vr and he says well we don't screen it you know there's only one way to do it is you put it on a headset uh, and i was like well that kind of defeats the purpose of a festival you know i, I can sit at home and put it on a on the headset yeah and, and he said well you know that's that's what it is and then you know lo and behold tell us you know stuck a bunch of cash into this new theater and we're like wow can we screen this and they said yeah that you know the technology is here to do this that is fantastic i'm super like is anybody else doing this in the world right now no, no, this is going to be, as far as we know, there were, there are small domes, very small domes where yeah. you can fit in anywhere from five to 20 people, but right. doing it in a community setting right now, 200 people plus the, they have beanbag chairs of about 40. So we're looking at about 240 people wow. for this screening. Yeah. That's so exciting. Um, now, what about, what about the content? content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was say, yeah. Are there films? The Calgary Film Centre is a world-class screen-based production facility suitably equipped and serviced so you can execute your next project with ease. They have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages and 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. And at the Calgary Film Centre, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in a purpose-built venue designed to service individual client needs. As well, the Calgary Film Centre delivers programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. And if you'd like to find out more, you can go to calgaryfilmcenter.com. Yeah, yeah so for, because, because this is such a new thing, uh, we are opening the 360 video event internationally. Uh, so we are promoting anyone from across the world can submit to the 360. We are, um, Story Hive knows that we're doing this. And so we are really encouraging them to, to have their 360 projects that are in progress right now uh, from BC and Alberta, have those ones submitted to the festival. Um, and then of course there's our project and um, there's, a, there's a few other 360 creators uh and we are really trying to find more um especially i i know that there's guys in calgary who shoot 360 but it's hard to find them so if they're listening right now please, <laughs> please contact us right bsff.ca and we'll walk through the process we want to screen this stuff the, the biggest thing again this comes down to our priority is to screen alberta filmmakers right yeah and we we want to promote the 360 virtual reality medium in Alberta. Give us that email address again because you're a bit far from the mic, I think. Sure. It's filmfest at esff.ca. Esff.ca. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the other, uh, there's kind of a little interesting adjunct to this is that there is a huge planetarium convention happening in two years 
and it's going to be happening in Edmonton. Oh, so there's going to be a lot of 360 and VR people coming in. And what we're trying to do is create this community before this convention happens and bring everybody together and kind of create a, you know, a, a really cool community. Awesome. So what's the deadline to submit? August 25th is the final deadline. Okay. Uh, and, uh, early bird and the early bird deadline, which is uh, 20% savings is June 30th. Okay. Cool. So you still have time to make a film if you're if you're crazy. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. and <laughs> yeah, you, you so could. Talk, you talking could, about yeah. making a film in a short time, uh, we partnered with uh, Northlands this year. Uh, Northlands approached us. Who is Northlands? And they are they asked us to be part of K Days. Oh. So they put on the, the Klondike Days, or is it? Yeah, I guess that they do, yeah. Yep. So, uh, so K Days Festival in Edmonton is uh, from July 20th to 29th. And what we have come up with is on July 20 and 21, we are having a free 48 hour mobile device film challenge. Oh, cool. That people can. Um, they, we will send out directions to them on the Friday night, and then they create their film in 48 hours including editing and get it back to us the sunday night but we do need people to pre-register if they don't pre-register we can't send them out the information uh-huh. and so that's through that's through our website esff.ca uh, awesome. and it's we um we're really the, the really cool thing too is every completed film from the 48 hour challenge will be screened at uh, a special film festival called ESFF at K days. That will be on July 29th at uh, the expo center. Cool. And in addition to, yeah, yeah. So in addition to the 48 hour films that we're screening, we will also, we have reached out to some of our previous, um, films that were screened at uh, the Edmonton Short Film Festival and invited them to come back and be part of panel presentations. So we will have a nice mix of, uh, of these little two-minute films from the 48-Hour Challenge as well as some really great films that we've screened previously at the festival. Tell us about where this, where this 48-Hour Challenge came from as far as making, uh, making it on a smartphone kind of thing. What was the impetus there? Um... <laughs> You know, we, we just noticed a few years ago uh, with, with the huge technological shift in smartphones and the cameras and the video capability that you, you actually could make a film. And, you know, there was I believe there was a smartphone film made. I think it was was it the phone booth. One? I, I want to there was somebody who made an actual feature and we, we realized that there was a, a, the shift was happening. And then people now could could make films like good films with the phone. The technology was there. So rather than having to assemble, you know, your camera and everything else um, and your crew to go with it, you could actually shrink everything down and, and make it very accessible for almost anyone to make a film, which is really cool. Definitely. Uh, the, the other the other side of it is that, unfortunately, and you can see this on YouTube a lot, is that there is a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. Uh-huh. And you know, they think they're <laughs> filmmakers, and well, it, it takes more than just pointing a camera at something and and putting it online. So the other component that we've added is education, and we 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 believe that is absolutely huge. 
So uh, a couple of weeks, four weeks ago, I think we, we had done a workshop where we had taught people the, the basic fundamentals of filmmaking and shown them um, what, what the other successful 48-hour challenge people had done. Okay. So okay. We, we were trying to teach people, you, you have the power, now here's how to use it. You know, and you can break the rules after you know it, but, you know, just to go in there, you know, and have any, you know, sharp cuts and no story and, you know, it, it, it's, it's good to know what the rules are. Yeah. Right. Of course. Know, and, and basic drama, you know, and just things that we've all learned the language of film, you know, we've, we've all grown up with it, but when you're actually doing it, it it's, it's a little bit of a different thing. You, you have to be aware and you got to plan. As a filmmaker, plan, 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 plan. Totally. You, 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 there are a few filmmakers, I think Wim Wenders is one of them, where they can get away with just showing up and, and being able to put together a really good film. But for most people, you, you got to think about what you're going to do before you actually do it. And that's what we're trying to teach people. Awesome. So, uh, what about the categories? Like, what, like, like, are are there separate categories when you submit to the Edmonton Shore Film Festival, or is it all just kind of, you know, submit any anything and we, and then you program it based on what you get? Uh, basically, yeah, we program it based on what we get. We our our ultimate goal for the gala event, uh, in addition to screening excellent film, is to have a program that is really enjoyable for the audience. Um, and we, we tell people when they, when they come, because we try and we try and keep all everything very diverse and, uh, and entertaining. And we tell people, you know, if you're not fond of the film you're watching, just wait two minutes yeah. and the next one will start <laughs> <Totally>. the joy <laughs> of short film. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we, you know, we'll, if we have a horror we will have two horrors. So there's always at least two of each genre that's screened. Okay. And uh, we, we love it when people submit shorter films. Uh, if, if everything we screen is 15 minutes, we're not going to have a lot of content to share. But if people are submitting films that are, uh, you know, five or seven minutes or two minutes, then we can screen three times as many. Brevity is power. Yeah. You know, and yeah. What we found is, is if you tell people, okay, you know, two minute maximum film, like say for the 48 hour film challenge, they will give us two minutes exactly. Right. right. It's right. Just, just right. because we said two minutes doesn't, <laughs> if, if you can tell your story shorter, right. do it. Right. Totally. It, it's very difficult to do, by the way. Very yeah. difficult. That to do. it is. Getting back to your, your point of, of different um, genres or, or different on, on our website, actually, you, you can select when you submit. There's a, like a horror suspense. There's we do a lot of animation, um, the virtual reality. There's if you, when you when you go on the submit part of the website, you will there's a drop down box and you can actually check. You tell us. Yeah, if it's <laughs> okay. a documentary or wherever you feel. And sometimes it doesn't if it's experimental. Mind you, we do have an experimental checkbox as well. Um, but we, we, we do like to, you know, try to have an idea of what what you think the type of movie is. You know, the genre is, is, is very important, I think. And then we have uh, we have cash awards at the gala for uh, the winning the winning films in each genre, as well as a student film. So when uh, when a student is filling out the 
the application or the submission form, there is a checkbox and we will be asking them what school they're at. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just because, you know, a student is I'm a student. I'm a student right? of the medium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we do have um, some really fulfilling cash, cash awards. In addition, like the gala itself is, is an event. And we have, we have people who have no other connection to the film community, except they come out just because they enjoy the event so much. Uh, We have, we always bring in live music over the intermission. We have um, really nice decor. The last couple of years, we've been at the Royal Alberta Museum, uh, which was fantastic. It was so beautiful. Uh, This year, we are going to be at the Orange Hub, which is the former McEwen uh, West Campus. Okay. And okay. we're using the theater there. Uh, John L. Yeah, it's called, it was called the John L. Hart. And we all, but we're still going to have our, our format where people will come in. They'll have a chance to mingle and network. We have great uh, response from the filmmakers being screened so people can actually meet the filmmakers. We treat all our filmmakers uh, VIP royalty. Mm. Um then we have over the intermission, we have drinks and we have free food that's included in the cost of admission and uh, the live music and a few minutes more to network and then back in for the rest of the films. We uh, had, had, the silent yeah, we had a silent wow. auction last wow. year. <laughs> just keeps coming. Just, it yeah. is. It's just, it's like for value added. We just keep trying to add as much value as we can, both to the filmmakers and to the, the, movie lovers that are coming to support the community and the festival. That's fantastic. What uh, you'd mentioned a little bit about, about, you know, some tips about uh, how to get selected. What are, what are some, some other, you know, (laughs) brevity is a good one. Any, any other tips? I'm going to just give a few, because we've watched probably now we've watched thousands of them. Yeah, I bet. Um, Good sound. Most filmmakers, and I've been guilty of this myself is you're focused on picture and sound is kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you do it from the camera, which is a no, no, no. You never <laughs> want to do that. You want to have a, a sound person working with you. Um, you really want to watch your language. I mean, we are screening this in front of a diverse audience, including, you know, people like my parents who are in their late 70s. And, and little kids. And little kids. Uh, you know, you, you, if, if you're going to use language... For a reason, use it, but just to have, just to keep saying at the F word all the time um, and letting your actors just improv and use that word all the time, that's, it, it, it loses its effect. For sure. Right. Uh, and it's one of Dan's favorite words. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do like to use that in my language. But don't overuse it. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it. it doesn't work. It can um, be pretty fucking effective if you use it properly. <laughs> It, it can fucking be. Yeah. Um, lighting is a big one. Interior lighting. The amount of movies that we have seen that start off in a dimly lit kitchen with fluorescent bulbs, mm. and it's everything's kind of green and blue, and it's just, it's it, it's not good. Because um, once we put it on the big screen, you can't see any definition uh, in the film. Well, it just doesn't look very good. Right. Um, a lot of people don't do establishing shots getting back into the, the kitchen thing is a lot of movies will start off in an interior and you have no idea where, where, where this is. Right. Like if, if you look at a, a good TV show, I'll bring up friends for instance. 
um, they always established they were in the coffee shop. You know, when you see the exterior of the coffee shop, they're in their apartment. You see the exterior of the apartment. The, these shots are really important so the audience knows where they are. Right. And a lot of filmmakers, they miss those. They just start right off in an interior shot. And, it, you know, it, it works kind of. But if you can identify and give the audience, you know, an idea of where you are, it really helps in the story. That's a good big tip, time, right? big time, big time, big time. Yeah. Well, it, even just having your audience ask those questions like, wait, where am I is pulling them out of the, the experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. We, we are trying to do that. I believe the, the term is the suspension of disbelief. That's right. And as soon as you break that, and if you do it right off the hop, uh, it's really difficult to get the audience back in. And, and us is, uh, we're, we're not so much in the adjudication process as we used to be. The first couple of years, we were the, the judges and jury and executioner. <laughs> now, now we have a pretty diverse set of judges, which uh, Charlene can talk about right now. Yeah, please. Yeah, so um, this year we have uh, a woman who her specialty is post uh, Devin, Devin Sapine, uh, we have, uh, Sheena, uh, I've forgotten her last name. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, Sheena is a documentary specialist. Excellent. And we have, uh, Justin Kieber, who's with, uh, Gorilla Motion Pictures. He's, um, he, he's, he, he does it all. Um, like it's a full-time profession for him. We have Zach Hogel, who's an instructor at Nate in the digital media program. And, and we have Doug Paulson, who's a Alberta expat. He's living in Toronto and he is an actor. So, uh, so yeah, really good cross section. Absolutely. Uh, so the process is the films all go out to them. Uh, every film is reviewed by at least three, uh, three adjudicators. Then they get back to us with, uh, with their comments. Um, one of the things that we, we really, um, offer again as a, as a benefit to a filmmakers is our adjudicators, in addition to giving a, giving overall numerical ratings to the film, they also make comments that we uh, are able to share with the filmmakers. Constructive criticism. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get everybody to be better filmmakers. Right. And, and it, it's got to be constructive. It's really easy to say, you know, the lighting is terrible and the, the sound is terrible. But, you know, it's looking at saying, well, these are the really good points of the film. And here are some, you know, some things that will help you on your next film and, and possibly get selected next year when you submit yeah, and so we we offer that to the filmmakers after, when we um, when we let them know whether or not their project has been selected for screening. We say if you would like to have specific film specific feedback on your film, uh, let us know, and then we will share it with them. That's really the great. First, a lot of a lot of places don't do that. Totally, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. There are some film festivals, but they charge extra for that. Mm. It's just like submitting a script. Um, you know, you can submit a script and I say, if you want constructive feedback, it's an extra 50 bucks or whatever. Seriously. I mean, that's yeah. Wow. And, and we, again, as filmmakers, that was what we wanted to know. Like we, we thought that was an amazing film. Why didn't you pick it? Right. <laughs> it would have been good to know. Um, so the first, the first year that we decided to provide the feedback, we provided it to absolutely every film. 
and it took us uh, oh, was, about a week. Yeah, that was days. About a week yeah. just just doing that, and then we had filmmakers getting back to us, and they were so angry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then uh, ap- after that, we said, if you want the feedback. Just let us know. And I suppose uh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Ch- ch- changing, changing that perspective made a big difference. Now right. the filmmakers, like m- most, um, most of the filmmakers, they get it and they say, wow, that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, I didn't realize that this is really helpful for my career. Nice. So, and, yeah. and it's a little, yeah, when, you, when you're not expecting it, I guess it can, can be a bit of a surprise. <laughs> yeah. You know, live and learn. It was our first year. No, that's great, of course. You make lots of mistakes, but you do good stuff, too. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. And you're in, you're six already. Yeah, you're six. Amazing. Big work. Wow, that is amazing. Well, uh, congratulations, guys. That's that's fantastic. And this this it sounds like you've put together a really exciting uh, year again this time. Uh, anything? Well, thank you. We can't wait to see you guys down there this year. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, anything? Oh, What's that? Said absolutely. We got two tickets for you guys. Oh, all right, great, great. Oh, lovely. The perks of being a podcast host. Yay! Dollar uh, <laughs> value. Yeah, exactly. Our first Your friends yeah. and have them <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, t- anything else that the audience should know before we wrap things up? We are super. We're super optimistic about uh, film in in Alberta. We've met with uh, Josh Miller from the Edmonton Screen Industries office here in Edmonton. He has a huge plate of diverse challenges in front of him. Uh-huh. Um, we've seen some changes at Alberta Film. Uh, some of it is making it difficult for emerging producers, but we've also seen some changes with the Alberta Foundation for the Arts, which seems to be more supportive of um, individual filmmakers now. So we're, we're optimistic. And uh, yeah, Edmonton is always, uh, Cal- Calgary is, you guys are in a very, very good spot just because of the amount of Hollywood industry coming in and shooting. Right. Uh, you know, you need a mountain scene. Okay, we're going to Calgary. You know, you need a Western yeah, scene, yeah. you're going to Calgary. And then you guys have that big new, the, that the sound, studio. the studio. Right. Calgary Film Center. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Edmonton, for better or for worse, we're, we're, we're very indie. <laughs> very, very indie. Yes. And as such, we've really had to bond as a community. And, and Fort McMurray is the same way. Uh, Tito Guillen. Guillen? Yeah, Guillen. Yeah, uh, Tito is doing an amazing job up there. And down in Lethbridge, you know, they just started a, a new uh, society down there. Right. Uh, Red Deer has Red Deer College, uh, where they're they're pumping out a lot of good stuff. Uh, and we're we're trying to connect, you know, everything. You know, in Calgary, Calgary has. Well, you guys are part of the, the Calgary uh, Film Community, um, the co-op there, CSIF, yeah, Calgary yeah, Society right. of Filmmakers. I mean, that that's that that is really those are the kind of. Um, organizations we're trying to appeal to and trying to elevate the the community and the filmmakers to right, right. Any, any help that we can get from you guys or anyone who's listening that that's why we're here we're, we're trying to make everybody better and everyone to succeed well and that's what this podcast is about too kind of connecting us all a little bit more so so yeah let's Excellent. let's let's do it cool we're on board <laughs> all right thanks guys we're this has been board. great thanks have an awesome day you, you too. too thanks all right, gentlemen. Thank you. Take care. Take care. 
All right. Right. Cool conversation. Well, like so many different things going on at that totally. at that festival. Um, I'm they excited. Keep, they just keep building. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm excited for the K Days connection. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and taking VR out of you know the headset and and putting it into an uh, an environment where an audience can watch. And of. I think I mean I think that's something that's something special about a short film festival like this where yeah. it's you know it's organized by only a couple of people. They can really just do something experimental and not really. Why not? If it works or not, right? Not? It's like, yeah, Go let's try yeah, this. Yeah. Let's add this. Let's start yeah. doing this. Let's start doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know how they manage it at all because that's mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. But what, what what struck me during this conversation with them was how there are very few filmmakers who focus on exhibition. Totally, totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Cam McGowan strikes me as one who really does care about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here are two more that really care about that, you know, the 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 sharing experience and, yeah. and, and the keeping in mind that you're doing this for an audience in the first place and, and they wanted to make movies. So they started a film festival, which to me sounds <laughs> not the, not the route I right, would right. want to take. But of course that's what, that's should be what it's for. Exactly. Right? It's for the people who are going to watch it at some point. And, and it's, and it's maybe too bad that over the last 10 to 15 years, you know, streaming video is a thing and that's how most people watch a short film. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's maybe not the ideal scenario when you're sitting there going, Oh, I, I want people to see this film. I don't want them to see it. You know, in their underwear in their in their right. bedroom. Yeah, I want them to see it in Come the, out in the make, movie theater yeah, experience. Yeah, it an yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, it's actually uh, I'm struggling a little bit with that from from a personal perspective. Just about you know, if you're not making a movie for an audience, who are you making it for? And we preach making it for an audience, but but I, I just know personally, I'm I'm selfish, mm. and I I want to make the movies that I want to make. Of course, yeah. I don't want to make the movies that other people want to see. Right. Uh, and and the the beautiful kind of intersection is the marriage of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can make a movie that is entertaining that, that people want. Um, not to say that I'm, I consider myself an auteur filmmaker at all. In fact, quite the opposite, but you know, I, I want to make a movie that excites me. Right. Which is, I don't know any way around that, but I, you know, I, I don't consider the audience a lot of the time when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing the nitty gritty well, that's stuff. Because you are the audience. Well, like when, like when you're, when you're creating something, you're making it for yourself. Usually, hopefully yeah, in, 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 the, in the purest right. creative form. Um, and hoping that your audience will will think like you and feel like you about this subject, I, I think. I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And, and uh, all it takes, I think, sometimes is just stepping out of that like selfish bubble and just being like, what would an audience right. want to see here? Right. And maybe it's worth exploring that option. For sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, uh, congratulations on six years. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to see what they do with it this year, and totally, uh, yeah, it's and get your lots of time to get your uh, submissions in. So, uh, so get your your film submitted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's esffff.ca esffff.ca dot ca. Okay, cool. All right, let's get into the news you can use. Brought to you every week uh, by the wonderful Bleeding Art Industries in Southeast Calgary, and I say they're in Southeast Calgary because their location is an important part of this next message. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, actually, you and I got to got to have a bit of a tour of Bleeding Art, right? I was going to say, it's a, cool, it's a cool place. We, we get, we've been behind the scenes there. It's, yeah, yeah, really absolutely. Cool. And um, so, ever since they started the company, they've had people wanting uh, the behind-the-scenes tour of the studio, which is great because they're a special effects studio. They've got all sorts of uh, really cool props and, and um, set, set dressing and these massive... Um, like event installations and and they're just doing all sorts of like, it's a special effects house, right? It's the coolest place to see. Um, and they used to do it uh, in the early years, but of course they're working shops. So it's become a bit challenging to provide tours and get work done at the same time. 
They opened their doors to sold out crowds the past two years as part of Beakerhead. Uh, and of course, schools and other groups, they, they partner with and bring them in. And they've now decided to open it back up to one and a half hour tours for eight to 20 people, either once a quarter or once a month, depending on the demand. So the first tour is coming up. It's scheduled for Friday, June 15th. Uh, it's a great opportunity to check out uh, one of the top, if not the top, special effects uh, houses in Calgary. In the world. In the world. <laughs> that is awesome, actually. That's, yeah. that's very cool. Uh, yeah, you should jump on that. I mean, what a rare opportunity, especially as a filmmaker, just to see what kind of capabilities they have. I mean, I I remember, you know, you know, your brain will go like, oh, what if I made like a monster movie? Uh, but I could never like, how could I create a monster? Well, Bleeding Art could probably do it for you. But I mean, you can find out for sure by seeing what their capabilities are in a tour like this. So absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. So um, I found out mostly about this on their uh, Facebook page. But uh, it's probably best to go in uh, to shopbleedingartindustries.com and then you can find in their products, they have a behind-the-scenes tour um, that you can add to your cart. Sweet. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Okay, what's up? All right, so uh, this is cool. Uh, we, we've been talking a lot about the new Voices program, uh, production ment- and mentorship program that's happening with the CSIF. And the deadline for that was May 31st. And what's so cool about it, of course, is that, you know, you're going to be able to make a film kind of from start to finish right. um, at no cost, really, uh, for, for, you know, those selected participants, thanks to a grant from the Calgary Foundation. It looks so, like, do, you, do you have to apply for the grant or it's just a... No, no, free? no. The, yeah. the grant has been applied for for this program already. So it's, you know, you, you're not paying any money because you're it's oh. paid for by the Calgary Foundation. Um, so thanks to them. Totally. Uh, but the deadline to apply was May 31st. Um, it has been uh, extended to June 11th, 2018 by 5 p.m. That's a Monday. Um, so check that out. Uh, this is for, remind me, Scott, do you know? the? Yeah, it's for it's for uh, younger filmmakers. Right. Um, applicants must be between the ages of 14 to 18. Uh, preference will be given to participants who are of indigenous background. Right, right. But um, all are welcome. And I think. But it is open to everybody. It's yeah. a bit of a hint, I think, if they extended the deadline that. Um, there's room. There's room yeah. for it, for sure. Yeah. So uh, definitely apply or uh, send a teenager in your life to learn how to make a movie on film. Now, let's pretend I'm a parent. Oh, it's on film. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm a parent and I'm listening and I have a child between 14 and 18, I might think like, like who cares about shooting on film mm, a little mm-hmm, bit? Mm-hmm. Um, or like they're not going to find that interesting. Um, but I, And I, I can speak from first-hand experience that once you're actually working with film and you're creating a a physical image on a piece of celluloid. It's not, it's not ones and zeros. There's actually something there. Um, it, it changes, it changes the perception, I think of it. Yeah. For, for you as a filmmaker. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and there's also a discipline when you're making film that doesn't exist when you're shooting digital. Right. Just like the fact that the, that the reel you're shooting on is finite and not, and really not a lot of time. And so you have to rehearse, um, and, and just the respect for the time when the camera's rolling. Mm hmm. Uh, is an important uh, professional uh, consideration. I would say. I completely agree. Uh, and I also feel like, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, we were like, oh, video's coming and it's going to kill film. And and I, I was never really concerned that film was going away anytime soon. Right. But now I feel like this might be, you know, we may be in the final years of where opportunities are plentiful to actually right. shoot on film. So to be a filmmaker, you know, at 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 fifty and and you know, none of the new filmmakers <laughs> have ever been able to shoot on film. To be able to say, yeah, I got to do it. I got to do it when I was just starting out as a filmmaker. Um, and here's why that's cool. And, it is and cool. Yeah. yeah, it's a unique opportunity for sure. And just from an artistic exploration standpoint, there's you can do so much with film that is you can't really do with digital. Um, 
and and you know it's about chemistry mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which is which is not a thing when you're dealing with digital right right, right. so yeah sign them up uh, totally totally i was just i was just listening to a podcast with dj caruso who was the director of a movie called disturbia kind of discovered um uh shia labeouf LaBeouf, LaBeef, whatever. I say LaBeouf, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, LaBeouf, oh, fourth option. Yeah. Uh, LaBeef. And then he did, <laughs> he did, uh, he did Eagle Eye. Anyway, he, he, you know, he's been a director who's directed during the transition, so he doesn't shoot on film right. anymore. Um, and he actually keeps the sound of a film camera roll that is rolling, the little sound. He keeps that on his phone. So you can listen to it. He says his favorite, you know, his favorite, uh, He's at home when he can hear that click of the camera and he's on set and the camera's rolling and the actors are acting. And that's, uh, yeah, that's it for him. So yeah. uh, that doesn't exist anymore. So, But you know who does shoot on film? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, yeah. Like, that's real. Totally. That's, that's the shit. Totally. Anyway, um, so the the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television, which is the Canadian version of the, the Oscars Academy, yeah, yeah. Um, has an Academy apprenticeship for women directors. Uh, the application timeline is between Friday, May 18th, so it's already active, uh, but the deadline is Friday, June 15th. And they're calling all emerging female content creators to be part of the Academy's second annual apprenticeship program, which is aimed at providing female directors across the country the opportunity to further develop and advance their careers across all platforms. They're going to pick between six and eight emerging female directors. It is a six-month program that starts mid-September this year and runs until mid-March. You'll get one-on-one professional development and on-the-job training. Um Special industry and filmmaker guests for monthly virtual chats, kickoff reception in Toronto during the the film festival there, uh, two day summit meeting with industry executives. Uh, wow, there's a, there's a lot. Um, it sounds like a pretty cool uh, career launcher for uh, for some emerging women directors. So you can apply at www.academy.ca/women-directors. Cool. If you happen to be a uh, a filmmaker with an uh, with a film that needs post production money so you've shot your film already um or maybe you you know you, you've somewhat animated a film perhaps uh but you need money to complete the film and finish it up and you're not currently enrolled in film school and you have had and you have th- fewer than three professional film and video production projects under your belt then you should apply for the uh, <laughs> filmmaker assistance program a little bit of eligibility around that it is but yeah I'll finish up and then we'll but it's cool <laughs> yeah so the deadline is june 25th and it's from the nfb and it's called the nfb filmmaker assistance program so uh I, you know i think this is a position a lot of filmmakers find themselves in I, 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 yeah it seems like there's a lot of hurdles but yeah yeah but we were there for a while for sure of course like, yeah, yeah 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 like like we hadn't made a ton of shorts we made one or two mm-hmm. we'd graduated from film school you know we were we were still kind of coming up and figuring out how the hell to make movies um, we were doing other things as day jobs and, uh, you know, we shot a short that we just didn't finish like mm-hmm, that. That's mm-hmm. happened. Right. Yeah, and I think that sure. happens all the time. So totally. yeah, it seems, it seems a little bit, uh, daunting, but I, but I think I'm sure there are some listeners who are exactly in that position. Totally. And it's only open to Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and, uh, the North Coast territories and none of it. Uh, so it's not like you're up against the entire country, which is kind of nice. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. And there's a link in the show notes for more information on that. Uh, so story hive, the digital shorts edition is kicked off. Those groups are going into production, uh, within the next couple months here, but that doesn't mean the stand of story hive. In fact, there's a new story hive edition, uh, now live. So if you're a documentary filmmaker, this edition is your chance to shine. Uh, for the first time ever, story hive has an edition just for factual content. I didn't realize they'd never done one before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can apply for your chance, uh, to create a short documentary and the budget, Matt, is fifty thousand dollars? Fifty simoleons? Fifty 
Is this a million thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like that's a ton of money. Yeah. To, and and a short dock. Like it doesn't oh, you're, to, like, <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. Fifty thousand small. Fifty thousand small. I was like, it's a small yeah. 50, oh, I see. Yeah. Fifty G's. Fifty there G's. Fifty K. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Right. And uh if you're paying attention and you have a broadcaster, you can this is AMF tier money. Totally. Fifty thousand is the minimum are, that you need to be you, spending. You've made it. You well, you have a broadcaster with Telus. That's right. So you're there. So yeah, you can actually turn that fifty thousand into seventy five thousand. Seventy five, pretty easily. Yeah. yeah, pretty easily. Um, which is a great it's a crazy budget for a short documentary. Um, and it can really be uh, a stepping stone to a full on documentary filmmaker career for you. So applications glo- close at noon Pacific time on Tuesday, July third. So you've got just under a month to get your application together. It is worth doing the research. Uh, trust me, you will thank yourself later for getting started on this earlier. Um, so you can check out storyhive.com for more information. Awesome. Uh, the Have you ever heard of the Got A Minute Film Festival? I sure have, yeah. So this is a film festival designed entirely for one-minute films that will appear you know, everywhere from... Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, buses. Right. Where there's a screen, right? Sitting, standing train at the, platform. the train platform. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, these are one minute f- uh, films, uh, and it and it's called. They're also calling it films in transit from September 24th to 30th. So keep your eyes open, especially I think in Edmonton for uh, this kind of um, content on those screens uh, around you when you're in transit. Uh, the uh, if you are a Fava member or or a, a member of the youth, the youths. Uh, those uh, those utes. <laughs> you can submit for free. Uh, non-members, uh, it's going to cost you $15, and the deadline to submit is July 5th. And uh, you really have to have, a, I guess, no longer than 60-second film. And it has to be silent, I think. It must be, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. of course. That makes That'd sense. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. We should do that. Yeah. Uh, GotAMinuteFilmFestival.com for more information there. The uh, Amos AGM is coming up. So the Amos, uh, what does that stand for? The Alberta Media... Artist Artists Alliance, Alliance Association so- Society? Uh, Artists Alliance Society. Society. Right. My bad. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, this is a great, uh, great organization um, from all over Alberta, and their AGM is coming up in Edmonton uh, on Saturday, June 9th. That's this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, at the CKUA Performing Arts Space on Jasper Avenue. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like any AGM, they're gonna they're gonna report uh, what what the society's been up to. They're gonna elect a new board. And uh, and it's your chance to uh, engage with the organization and ask questions, uh, air your grievances, or uh, just give everyone there a high five because it's volunteer run and uh, they should all get high fives. True that. Yeah. Don't forget that the Banff World Media Festival is happening June th- June tenth to thirteenth. Yes. I'm. Yeah. There we go. Thank That's you. Next uh, week. Yeah. Uh, and there's a special Banff rate if you haven't already if you don't already have your uh, your badge um, you can get a reduced rate. Uh, using the Banff Banff Ampia 18 uh, code at checkout. Uh, That's all caps. Um, So, uh, yeah, enjoy that if you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can also register for meetings with delegates from China. China? So, yeah, China. Oh, Oh, China. China. I had an app. (laughs) Did you see that app where you could... The soundboard app? Yeah, the soundboard app where you could just... Oh, we should have... Yeah, we should have 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 a a Trump soundboard ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the Guangdong Motion Picture Industry Association is is kind of a sister organization to Ampia uh, in China, and they are bringing some delegates to the Banff World Media Festival and to Calgary uh, for some networking opportunities and meetings with Calgary filmmakers. So this is happening on Saturday, June 9th in Calgary at the Global Business Center. 
uh, and they'll be taking 20-minute meetings between 2 and 4 p.m. They'll also be available to meet with Happy members during the World uh, during Banff World Media Festival on Monday, June 11th at the Fairmont Banff Springs between 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. Uh, you have to register because space is limited, and uh, you can contact info at ampia.org to register. Go for it. Awesome. And uh, the CSIF Summer Mixer is coming up. Uh, that is happening on... Uh, I, I got lost on my notes here. Uh, it's uh, right June there. 23rd. June 23rd. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I almost beat you. Um, uh, I only I remembered. I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good for you. It's my anniversary. So. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so we won't see you there. I I, I'm, I'm hanging out for a bit, but I'm okay. not there yet. Uh, so, of course, there's the annual general meeting happening for the CSIF. We spent a long time last episode talking a little bit about... Yeah, we kind of wrapped it a little. We hope that you uh, you are interested in uh, making a difference and joining the board of the CSIF. Um, and I guess we don't have to rant too much about it, but just know that that's an opportunity that's available for you. If you if you have any issues with the CSIF or, you, or ways to make it better, you got to put the work in, and the way to do that is by joining the board. So totally. that uh, annual general meeting is where that's going to happen, among some other housekeeping things. A new board will be elected this this year. I don't think we talked about this year. Uh, the board is being elected for one or two year terms. Right. It's going to so s- that next year we're only reelecting half the board. Right. Yeah. And then every year after every that, year it's yeah. half the board that's yeah. that's doing it. So everyone runs on a staggered two year yeah. cycle. Yeah. So I'm not sure how it's going to work. I, I think. I think. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Cool. Yeah. 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 But I think you can say I'm running for it one year. Right. Right. One year, or I'm running for two oh, years. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's happening from 2 to 3.30, and then the Summer Mixer is happening at 3.30 p.m. onwards. If you haven't seen the new CSRF space, you must, so come uh, join and hang out. There's going to be drinks and barbecue and, uh, and uh, yeah. And, you know, we hear a lot that people are, are just looking for more networking opportunities. Yes. That's what a Summer Mixer is. This is, is a networking, networking opportunity. opportunity. Absolutely. So, uh, or if you hate networking, it's just a chill uh, summer. <laughs> yeah, 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 or it's yeah, a, it's a really uh, boring meeting. It's an AGM. Yeah, let's let's give some networking tips for our recommendations at the end of the episode because sure. I haven't thought of one yet. Unless Sounds you, good. Sounds good. Thought of one. All right, all right. Upcoming screenings. Uh, Deep website. We talked about this um, at length last week, but it is a live multi-channel video and musical performance uh, happening at Sled Island on the same day, Saturday, June twenty-third. So leave the AGM and go to this at six twenty p.m. at Studio Bell. Uh, which is um, 854 Street Southeast. It's the National Music Center area. Uh, $22 or free with a Sled Island Pass. And you can find out more at sledisland.com. It sounds like a really amazing visual experience. It's 3D, it's music, it's it's video. It's it's uh, definitely something to check out, a visual feast. So um, sledisland.com slash lineup slash visual dash art for more information. All right. And so uh, we also have uh, an exciting um, special effects pyrotechnics course happening. It's called the Pyrotechnics pyrotechnic safety and legal awareness training course uh, i guess being put on in conjunction with iatsi and bleeding art industries i know bleeding art's definitely there? putting it on yeah but iatsi was kind of the one they think maybe they're hosting it maybe they're yeah. having it at their uh where is it yeah it is uh no it's it's at bleeding at art, bleeding art? Yeah. all right cool well i guess there is a certification so maybe right. it's something to do with that because this this course is really cool it's happening june 8th 9 30 to 5 p.m it's going to cost 200 dollars to attend and you must be 18 years of age or older uh, and it is happening Bay Number Three Three Eight One Five Sixty First Avenue Southeast in Calgary, Alberta. And you're gonna, you know, get the full walkthrough of of how to use pyrotechnics uh, special effects safely um, and properly. Um, there's going to be kind of a classroom component, um, and and even a test where you have to pass uh, with a higher with a grade of seventy percent or higher. Uh, and if you do so, you will receive a uh, course completion certificate, which will make you. 
a fancy pants um, explosions expert. No, that's not true. That, that part is not true. <laughs> I don't know if you'll right. be a certified you will, explosioner. You will have a certificate that you passed the uh, pyrotechnic safety right. and legal awareness training course. That's for sure. And you are now an exploder. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or a blow upper. Yeah. Exploder? Explosioner. Yeah. Well, you could. Yeah. If you're if you're below seventy percent, you can call yourself an explosioner. Yeah. Explosioner. And Bob <laughs> is an explosionist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pro. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're into color grading or want to know more about it, there's an intro to color grading with DaVinci Resolve happening in Fava in Edmonton, uh, instructed by the incomparable Brendan Rathbone. Uh, it's only ninety dollars for Fava members, and this is happening on June 9th and 10th. That's this weekend from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. It's a two-day course. Uh, you can learn all about the workflow, technique, importing, delivery, as well as the many useful tools the software has to offer. And let me tell you, there are a ton of useful tools oh my God, it's that the software has to offer. Unbelievable. No film is finished until it's been color graded, says this little blurb, which is, can be true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think a properly finished film is finished right. without a color grade. But yeah, yeah I mean, you can, you, sure, can, you, you, can, you can shoot it on your phone and upload yeah. it right away. Why not? But color grading is just so great. Uh, you it's can do a so lot important. It. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So fava.ca for more information about that. And the monthly set etiquette and protocol course continues, instructed by Gail Kennedy over at IATSE Local 212. The price is $40. And um, yeah, it's so great that they do that every every month. It's happening uh, this time at 6 p.m. Uh, on the uh, 13th of June. So check out the show notes for more information on that. One of the CSIF's... Uh, Big uh, ticket items that you can rent is the Red Scarlet. Uh, it's a beautiful camera. Uh, it takes Hollywood quality pitches. And by pitches, I mean video. Pitches? Pitches. Like I'm saying like a New Yorker. Pitches. Oh, I see. Like I, a, I thought the, we were going to Hollywood to pitch something. No, in the movie, in the movie pitch, pitches. Pick to, in the, the pitches. Pi, in the pitches. The moving pitches. <laughs> anyway, uh, to be able to rent this camera, you have to first take uh, a workshop that kind of shows you how to use it. So um, this is a, a workshop coming up called Shooting with the Scarlet. It's being uh, instructed by Aaron Bernakovich. It's happening Saturday, June 16th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Check it out. Uh, definitely something worth going to uh, because that camera is kick-ass and uh, you might need to rent it someday. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of things shooting right now. Uh, as we mentioned, Heartland is back in production now. Uh, sure and, are. And very soon, maybe, uh, well, depending on when you hear this, June 5th, Red Eye, uh, the feature film begins production all month uh, until the 29th. And of course, Tinstar uh, okay. continues on. They, uh, they're actually going all summer until uh, August 3rd. Wow. Yeah. That's a long shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abercadavers is wrapped. Oh, are they actually? Yeah. I saw, oh, I saw a wrap great. photo. Good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was a long shoot. Uh, and uh, sorry, have projects are coming up. Yeah, actually, well, actually, I, uh, just this weekend, I went and visited the set of uh, of Ray Ferrer's uh, The Winds, which huh? uh, shot much earlier than most are shooting. No kidding. Um, that's, but that's uh, really but yeah, early, yeah, she she you know various reasons required that she shot earlier. Uh, and uh, for a short film called The Winds, it was a nice windy day. Oh, that's great. Uh, it worked out great. Great location. Really cool to be on set uh, with her. And um, I'm excited for that project. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're kind of starting out, you want to get onto a set. There's a ton of StoryHive projects coming. Find some of those filmmakers. Reach out to them. You can find out who won by visiting the StoryHive website. Find them on social media. Say, hey, I'd love to come help out. Totally. It's a great way to uh, get your foot in the door for sure. Absolutely. Calgary International Film Festival, aka Calgary Film. Mm. It's hiring an artistic director. Uh, it's a huge job, and I went to kind of look on their website to see more about it, uh, and there are a ton of jobs open. There are a bunch of yeah, jobs. So, I saw that too, yeah. So calgaryfilm.com, go up to the top, uh, and the, there's a jobs tab. You can open it up. They're, they're hiring a guest relations manager, a marketing assistant, box office coordinator, artistic mm-hmm. director, development mm-hmm. assistant, blah, 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 the list goes on. Uh, yeah, a lot of work uh, in that organization coming up. So if you're looking for work, uh, this is a great way to do that. Cool. Yeah, cool. 
All right, recommendations. I'm going to recommend the uh, the uh, live recording of the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast happening at uh, the Okotoks Film Festival. I love this idea. On June 9th, I believe. June 10th. It's Sunday. My my computer June died. 10th. June oh, 10th. Oh, Sunday, June 10th. At 4 p.m.? At 4 p.m. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's right. So we're going to sit with some filmmakers in front of a live audience and talk about film and filmmaking uh, for the first time in front of uh, a group. And, and you're going to get to hear it on the, on the podcast. That's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, damn, that's a good recommendation. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend uh, two networking tips that I have. The first, okay. the first networking tip, if you're going to a networking event... Um, Oh, I got three now for sure. But the first one's like, bring business cards. <laughs> um, second tip is um, make friends, not contacts. Mm. So, you know, networking, it feels, it feels, I think a lot of people who feel shitty about it, myself included, when, when I first started, I was like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm finding people that I don't actually really care about. Um, and I'm just trying to like, you know, meet a producer so he can hire me so I can get a job. Um, but but as soon as I, I heard that, be, make friends, not contacts, it was like, oh, yeah, these are people that I want to be working with my entire career. Right. Probably. Right. Um, and that's what it's all about is just making friendships that, uh, you know, that that last. And then, of course, those end up being contacts that will hire you, but but also someday you might hire them. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's all about who you know, and uh, that's a great way to know people. And it's just, it, it's a, a lot easier of an approach. Uh, and then my third tip is uh, is find groups of two. Mm. This, is, this is something that we learned a while ago. So if there are two people in a conversation, uh, and just two, then chances are they either came there together and they're just talking to each other because they're they're too uh, afraid to network, right? Or uh, one of them is, or they're both kind of figuring out how am I going to get out of this conversation and what am I going to go do? It's true, yeah, yeah. Who am I going to go talk to afterwards? Yeah. Um, and so if they're strangers, it's a lot easier to have a group of three. It takes the pressure off of of a two person conversation. Um, so yeah, that's an easy group to kind of break up and just say, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. My name's Scott Westby. I'm the host of the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast, uh, or whatever you want to say. You can say something else. Yeah, yeah. You probably don't say that if you're not the host of the Alberta Filmmakers right. Podcast. Yeah, you could say it. <laughs> you could. It'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be weird. And we would we would probably be upset that you're pretending to be us. Yeah, don't pretend to be me. But you could say, "Hi, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm Joe, and and, my, and I'm the host of the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast." Yeah, that would make That'd you harder fine. to find. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, or easier actually. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the show this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, and thank you to all of our sponsors, of course, for making the show a possibility uh, this season. Um, we're, you know, we're trudging through uh, more than halfway through the show now, the, the season. We I are believe. now. Yeah. 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 It's episode 29. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, thank you again. It couldn't happen without them. Uh, and it also couldn't happen without Briar, who pulls the news together for us yes. every week. Chad, who does the music. Britt, who does the graphic design. Uh, and Seth, who cuts this podcast together. Totally. And don't forget that uh, this podcast is about you. It's for you. Uh, and not enough of you reach out to us uh, and and share what's going on in your world. If you know, Especially with all these Story Hive films coming up, we want to know about them. We want to know what's going on. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you need a makeup artist or something. We can right. put that out on here. Um, so reach out to us. It's hello at abfilmcast.ca via email. You can find us online at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or SoundCloud. We're all abfilmcast. And of course, subscribe to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast on iTunes. Give us those sweet five stars. It does help us uh, reach an audience that might not know that we exist. And uh, who knows? It might help somebody uh, in their filmmaking career in Alberta. Mm-hmm. So here's a final uh, message from our last sponsor, HAPA, the Alberta post Production Association. The best sounding part of the whole podcast. Uh, so have a listen there. And once you've listened to that, go, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association.
APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.